Oh, Father, give us a word this evening. Father, give us that word. Our ears are open to hear you speak to us. Our hearts can understand the things that you'll be saying to us, to your church, and to the nation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. That is good. I said that that is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Say an amen like you believe it. Amen. Okay, that's more like it. All right. Um, we are going to sit in a moment, but let's um, take our declaration of understanding as we always do. And so let's declare it robustly. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, quickly, please, before you sit down, I want us to read something together with Moses and Co. All right, that will be in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 15. All right, please, let's read together. We are going to read from, um, I'll read verse 1, and then all of us will read verse 2, and we'll read all the way to verse um, yeah, to verse 18, all right? So I'm going to read verse 1 all by myself, and I want everybody to read robustly with me from verse 2 to verse 18. Verse 1. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. From verse 2. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. And I will praise him. My father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. And the choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep covers them into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence... You overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters are piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank in the mighty waters. Eleven. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, walking wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength you have guided them to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard... They tremble. Anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of them are dismayed. The leaders of Moab trembling grips them. 
All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they have motionless as stone. Until your people pass over, O Lord, until the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them and plant them in the mountains of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Read verse 18 again. Amen, it's not inside there. Read verse 18 again. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Again. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now I want you to do something. This is prophetic. Now we're going to do one interesting thing. Um, you are going to start from your left. That will be my right. You will turn and face. Is that east or west now? That will be west, right? Don't worry about that. It's your west. Okay. Okay, let's start from your right. Okay, everybody, let's start. You turn to your right. I will join the same direction. You stretch your hand. Now we're prophesying over Nigeria. Is that all right? Okay, we're prophesying over our environment. We're prophesying over Enugu State. And we're going to just alter this verse, verse 18 of Psalm, um, of Exodus chapter 15. Now please just turn to your right and stretch forth your hand like prophet- prophetically. One, two, let's go. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now turn right. That is, now you're facing the back. You are prophesying. Do it again. The Lord shall reign forever. One more turn. The Lord shall reign forever. Turn now. That's what I mean. One more turn. Exactly. 90 degrees. Yes. All right. I want to let's go. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now face me now. One last declaration. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now over Nigeria, we have prophesied that. We say Jesus will reign forever and ever. As we turned, we are signifying turning to the east, to the south, to the west, and to the north, and every corner of Nigeria. We declare one more time. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's um, continue looking at, of course, the title of this series is um, The Place of Our Help, and what we are doing is seeing how to constantly behold God as our help at all times. I want you to understand that God did not design this world to be the way it is, and he has made provision for it to be the way he designed it to be for us, his children. Please remember that I said there are three ways, three levels you can live life in. The lowest level, which we'll not discuss at all, is living like an animal, living by your instincts. Some people descend actually to that level. And usually any civilization that gets to that point, they end up being wiped out after a short while. They don't last. Maybe one or two generations, God will take them out. And if as a person you want to live like that in the congregation or in the midst of civilized people, then you will not also last. They either put you in prison or something will just happen. You just expire all of a sudden. But there are two other levels. The more, the more common level people live by is that second level, which is what I will call the soulish level, in which you use our intellect. It's the result of having imbibed the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what people are doing every day. And when you walk in that level, spiritual things become less, um, which one am I looking for? Less real to you. You become more distant 
You understand? And when the people tell you about things that are spiritual, you snare at, you know, like, you look at it funny. You're like, ah, are you serious? And that's because, and it's a realm you choose to live in. Now, but there's a highest realm in which Adam lived before he was ejected from the garden. Before the judgment, in the, that day that you eat of it, that day you shall surely die. Before that judgment came upon him, there was a level in which he lived. And that's the level we are talking about. In that level, the visitation of the Lord was not strange. So he, could, he was sure. He would know when the Lord would be coming. He could hear the sound of his footsteps. The Lord will come and he will walk into his life, walk into his house, and he will knock if necessary, if he had a house like that. Okay? That was the realm. It was a realm in which seeing angels was not strange. Angels could teach him what to do concerning the things around him. It wasn't strange. But when he left, you know, I, I keep on saying this, people should bear it in mind, because those who teach us sometimes, they give the impression that this earth is just, um, we stumbled into everything. That evolution, you know, brought everything to be. So knowledge also had to evolve. Do you understand my point? So how did you learn to cook yam? One day, you were going on, on the road, then you planted yam, and the fire burnt your yam. Then when you took the one that fire burnt, you found that it tasted better than the raw one your family had been eating. That, yeah, that's, what, that's how they teach it. That's what sociology will teach you, evolutionary sociology. They try to explain things like that, which is very funny. You won't ask, why was I planting yam in the first place? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. There are so many things, okay? But the truth is that things didn't really evolve like that. Adam was not the first intelligent person or the only intelligent person on the earth. God caused the angels to roam around with him. And he, he taught who, who created them. He taught them where he kept things. Anyway, those, so those spiritual beings were real to Adam and Eve. But when he went into death, they became more distant. When he went into death, he had to figure out a lot of things by himself. So that's one reason that the curse that was placed upon him had effect. So we will tell him that from the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. So those things began to happen. It was asking before that time he was not working. He was working. The, God, the Lord gave him commandment at the beginning. And please let me say it again. That realm in which he was working before is still available to us today. And that's what we are teaching. That's what we are teaching. All right? So you understand that Jesus, the way he walked, spiritual things to him were predictable. They were not strange occurrences. He could say with confidence to Peter, if I was looking for deliverance, I would ask the Father, and he would send 12 legions of angels. Do you understand my point? He wasn't speaking by what, what you and I would call faith. Many times when we are talking about speaking by faith, what we mean is what? We just, we wish. We just believe. Let's begin to believe God. You're not even sure the Lord is hearing you. You're not even sure it's the will of God. You're not sure. You know, for, for Jesus at that point in time, what you and I would call the will of God was a bit. Please don't get me wrong. It was not a strong consideration at that point. It was his own will that mattered. I don't know whether you get my point. He said, if I want deliverance, that was the will of God. God will send it, even though God wanted to go to the cross. But he had the ability to call for 12 legions of angels. Do you follow my point? It was something he knew. It was something he knew. The reason was, was that if he did, God would just say, all right, he has changed his mind about going to the cross. That's what the Lord was just going to say. That this guy has changed his mind about going to the cross. But that the father would not grant it. He didn't cross his mind. When Jesus wanted to walk on water, I don't think he was, doing, he was going like this. 
Is it the, okay, let's see if I move, if I, if it doesn't work, I'll fall to the shallow end. No. I don't know the truth. He just stepped out and walked on water. Let me use the expression. The walking on water technology was inherent in him. He didn't do it often because it was not necessary and it was not going to, and see, that's another thing. Many things God won't do for us. It's not because he can't do them, but he said he's going to make your life a bit, um, which word do I use now? Not, you know, you will not be able to, you will not be touched with the feeling of people's infirmities around you. I hope, I hope you get my point. You will not be able to connect with people. You will not be a blessing. Now, think about it. We want to go and preach in Abakaliki. All right? I say, guys, we're going. I blink here and I'm in Abakaliki. <laughs> After some time, oh, okay, you don't follow me to the market. But this guy, I say, go blink. The person. <laughs> I hope you get my point. Uh-huh. So, you still have to interact with people around. That's why the Lord doesn't, that's why Jesus was not doing some things. He had to interact with people. But the idea that he would sink if you ever put him on water, it didn't cross his mind. It didn't cross his mind. If you see the way he handled like, the case of Lazarus, they told me your friend Lazarus is sick. He said, okay, I'm coming. You know, I keep on using the story of an Anambra State to illustrate that one. Those days when P2B was, there, was the governor in Anambra State, they did election, and he said, I've not done my four years. I've only done me like a year and a few months. So he, 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 he went to court and said that they should stop election into the, uh, the governorship seat of Anambra because he's still the governor and the constitution allows him four years. A few days before the election, he, he ran to the Supreme Court and please, election is a few days' time now. You guys have not yet ruled. What they told me is what I remember. It's told his law, there's no need to worry. Anytime they rule, the judgment will come into effect. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He just felt that, look, rule now so that they won't vote. And they told him that, no, what's the problem? They shouldn't worry. Now, you want to know the truth? The people had already ruled. Now, that's an aside. That's not the thing I want to bring out. Now, that's what I remember. You know, so, of course, about a week, um, two weeks, between a week and two weeks afterwards, they now read the judgment that said that his tenure as governor wasn't over. So, the governor that was there lasted just a few days, and they removed him, and he came back to his seat. Now, why am I telling this story? They came to Jesus and said, your friend Lazarus is sick. And he said, I'm busy, I'm coming. They said, what if he dies? If he dies, I'll wake him up when I come. I hope I get my point. To him, if he dies, there's no problem now. When I get there, I will tap him. Then life comes. So because I know I'm going to do that, there's no need to interrupt what I'm doing now. They rush all the way there to go and wake him up. Then I come back here. Aye, that's not economically reasonable. We are not, that's not a good management of time and resources. Let's continue. They looked again and said, okay, sir, we understand what you are saying. But the way you are going, it's going to be very dead when we get there. And one day they said, look, now nah, let's go. We are going to Bethany. This one's now panicked. That look, Lazarus is now, okay, now what happened was that he told them that our friend Lazarus, let's make a long story short, is now dead. Because if I say sleep, he says asleep. They say, oh, well, you've been praying for him from here. That is very good. He said, no, let me say clearly to you. He has died. And I'm happy that I wasn't there. So that you will get the point I was making all this while. You'll see me multiply loaves. You know, but there's a level of work you don't understand yet. What am I going to say? Is that confidence I'm discussing? That confidence. Say when I get there, he will wake up again. Four days after the man died, he arrived. And of course, everybody said the same thing to him. If only you were here. This man would not have died. Mary said that. Martha said it. And he said to them, I am the resurrection and the life. 
he that believes in me, though he dies, yet he shall live again. They say, ah, no, okay. And they, no, they, they say it's not the last day matter we are talking about. Because he first told them, your brother will live again. He said, I know. You know, we, we console ourselves with it every day. Somebody goes and says, we will see them again. We will see them again. So that's what they thought he was saying. He said, no, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, I'm going to paint a picture to us here. He walked in that realm in which spiritual things were real. They were not... It wasn't a matter of, let's believe God. Let's join our hands. You now close your eyes to sin to the realm of the spirit. No, he opened his eyes and saw clearly. No, most of them want to do that. What do you do? You shut your eyes. Shut every material thing out. But he didn't do that. Spiritual things were real to him. And there's something in the Bible in the book of Hebrews that he went that way to open a path for all of us to follow. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. It's available for us if, I said the last time, if you will pay the price. If you, because it makes demands. You can't have that kind of walk if the car you have is the most important possession you have. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You can't have that kind of walk if you don't value your spiritual traits more than the physical ones. That you see, the problem is that we are not willing to pay the price. Last time we read what Paul wrote in that book of Philippians, that you see, he had to count all these, uh, all these things as what? As dung. That I was saying that you cannot hold material things so tightly as being the most valuable, and those things should be real to you. You see, the truth is that, you know, if... Let, let's take life as an example, the human sense, physiology as an example. You'll be amazed at what a blind person can feel. There's this, you know, there's this special differentiation that we talk about if you're measuring. Like now if I put two pins together, I hope you're getting my point. And I, I tell you to touch the two points, touch them. I keep on moving them closer and closer. At the point in time, you can't separate the two as two anymore. It not be to you one. Do you understand? Now, but do you know to a blind person, move it closer, he can still tell these are two things. That's the way it is. Somebody who does not see can use his sense of smell to know one person from another. Now, it's something we all know if you know the way human nature is. If you are deprived of one particular um, sense of in a sense organ, the other ones improve their ability to detect things. Do you get my point? That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. All right? That's why somebody who doesn't see, he can walk by himself from here all the way to his house independently layout. He, do, he knows when to turn. Without counting, he knows the number of steps he has taken. But you see, once you have your two eyes working well, all the other abilities, they disappear. You can't, if you don't see the person, you don't know who it is. No matter how the perfume, that is, it's hard. Now, the ability is there, okay? So, in spiritual things, sometimes, those who talk, you know, this is, who study these psychic things and stuff, they talk about the sixth sense. Now, I want to explain something to us again. That's just, that thing is actually true. We have a sense that is not one of these five senses of smell, touch, you know, um, sight, taste, and all of that. It's a spiritual perception, all right? Now, we can kill it, and most of us have killed it. We can exercise it. Now, it's so real that to people like Adam, it was a real sense. In fact, they did not even know it was special until they lost it. I hope you're getting my point. The angels they saw, I don't know whether the angels had flesh like them, but they saw them routinely. It wasn't a big deal. Now, I'm going to say something here. 
that so, when the Bible says we should not focus on the things of this world, it's for our own good. The more you focus on the things of this world, the more spiritual things vanish from you. And these are, not, these are real things. They are very real. The music we make sometimes want to hold both sides, and it's not possible. We want to hold both sides. It's not possible. If you are so focused and so tied to the, the things of the world, then the other things, they, they recede. It's gradual. They just disappear from you. What am I going to emphasize? I believe that God wants us to, you know, a lot of provisions is made. You know, I've said this before. You find that there are different races of mankind. We're Africans, right? Now, it's not an insult when we describe the fact that there's no African, black African nation that's amongst the developed countries of the world. Do you know any? And don't mention South Africa. Please. Why you can't is that it was not developed by the black people. It wasn't. As my brethren took over, I don't think they are developed. <laughs> okay, I mean no insult, but you get my point. There has to be a reason. It's not as if the Congolese and the Nigerian gather together and say, guys, let's not develop. Do you follow my point? People have lied, and it's a lie, that the reason why Africa is underdeveloped is because of colonial masters. And I asked them, I said, okay, so how come the colonial masters has such a grip on all of you? I don't know whether you're getting my point. And there were different ones. It's not, it was not just one. There was the French. There was the British. There was the Portuguese. Even the Germans had until the, the, the war. It was the first or second world war that after they lost the war, they took their own portions from them. How come you were being colonized by the same set of people? There is a spiritual reason. That's the point we're trying to make. There is absolutely a spiritual reason. There is a reason. Now, without going to details about the reason, the fact is that it's just like the serpent that was in the wilderness. God did not remove the serpent. He brought a cure. He did not remove the serpent. He brought another serpent, a bronze serpent on the pole. So if you have been beaten, you look up there. So remove your focus from the things that are down here. Put your focus on the thing that is up there. And you find out that the curse down here is not affecting you anymore. What am I going to say? There is a realm of work that will make the reason why all these our brethren are behind to make it irrelevant. You can walk away. Listen to this. You can walk away from, the, from under the domain of darkness. You can walk away from under the power of death. You can walk away. It's possible. In fact, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to really deliver us. Real deliverance. So that if they give you news, you know, Jesus said something kept on telling his people. Don't let your heart be troubled. So the, the idea is that if you hear bad news, let it not disturb you. God was so emphatic about the fact that things should not disturb you. Occasionally, you hear that again and again, you hear him say, fear not. Now, he tells you, don't be afraid. Yet the thing that's making you afraid, he didn't do anything about it. He didn't still there. The normal thing, if you don't want me to be afraid, just remove the cause of the fear now. He said, don't be afraid. But the enemy, has, don't worry, you won't see them anymore. Why? The Lord, the, the God is on thy side. They won't reduce the number of the enemies. They're still charging after you, but he said, don't be afraid. He gives you a reason not to be afraid. What a normal person will have loved is, that reason why I'm afraid. Please remove it. 
Anytime I buy the newspaper, or I open the newspaper in the morning, it's the reason why I'm afraid. I'm seeing the chorus, my mo- all my money is in Naira. At the beginning of last year, it was maybe, what was it? Is it 400? I, don't, I can't remember. Now it's 600 and something. Somebody posted something to, <laughs> to my classmates this morning. I, I laughed. Was it this morning or yesterday? <laughs> it confirmed, you know, BBC News, the inflation in Nigeria is not the highest in 17 years. He said, look at it too. Tell pastor, that is me. You know, because anytime they bring bad things, I've never had the two. You mentioned three of us, our names. Tell them, they have not seen this. I be <laughs> All I could do is laugh. I said, oh boy, stop being afraid. You want me to panic because BBC now said that inflation is the highest in 17 years. If I, 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 I said something, I said, look, the sky is falling. How is it my trouble? <laughs> the sky is falling. Of course, we all know that inflation is like that worldwide. It's not a, it's not new. Everybody's having inflation. In the U.S., it's the highest in 50 years. It's not as high as our own, but it's the highest in 50 years. Same thing in U.K. It's like that. So why do you want to now make me panic? I can assure you, I will be amongst the last to die. <laughs> Everyone in America and U.K. will not die finish first. Because the Lord, my God, is on my side. That's the point I'm making. If all I did was just burst into laughter. That's so what is, why are you not If I tell myself, my friend, Stop being afraid. But what I wrote specifically is I said, oh boy, stop crying. <laughs> I said, stop crying. There is no need to cry. God always emphasizes that we should not be afraid. It's very important to him. Okay? Now, where I'm going is that why does he tell us not to be afraid? It's not because he has removed the thing that's scaring us. It's because he has brought something else. He expects our eyes to be focused on another place. And that was what happened to Elisha. The servant of Elisha came to him and said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And then Elisha said, Look, don't worry about it. Those who are with us are more than those who are you know, with them or against us. So that, that is, all the people that you are seeing, they are not as numerous in number as the protection that we have. And that was the reason why Elisha was not afraid. But the man who had not seen those things, he was scared. What am I going to say? The confidence Elisha had was because of the realm he could see into. Do you get my point? It was the realm he saw. There was a time Paul was also in that similar situation. They were having real distress, and their boat looked like everybody was going to drown. The storm was beating the boat and all of that. So nobody had eaten for days because of the situation. Then Paul rose up one day and said, everybody, please try and eat something. Why? Because the angel of God, whose I am and who myself, appeared to me and told me some things. One of them being that nobody is going to die amongst all of you. And I said, I believe God. Now, why was he not afraid? It was because of the realm he could see, it, see into and the information that he had. I hope you're getting my point. So, that realm is available for us as believers. Then, the next point I want to make is that we need to activate a walk in that realm, is what I'm teaching, in which what everybody sees does not create panic. That's what I'm telling you. When somebody tries to make me panic, say, hey, look at what inflation is doing. My own is that inflation can do what he wants to do, but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Did you, did you get that? Listen, it's not because, you know, many of you know, when this um, recent uh, crash in the value of the Naira against the dollar began some time ago, that was about two years ago now or so, I mean, when it began to move two, three years ago, in fact, I remember, I, I will be telling my wife then, that I just used to laugh. I want to just say, ha, because I remember it was stable around 
120 for a very long time. It was stable at 120 for a very long time. And then one day it began to climb. It began to climb. All I did was laugh. All I did was laugh. Now, I remember it moved from that 120 because we used to pay for our um, satellite TV, okay, in US dollars, all right? So the cost literally doubled, doubled for us. It doubled because it moved as, no, did I say double? Yeah, it was stable around, I think between, something between 120 and 180 for a long time. I can't remember the exact one. But it moved to over 300. So our cost literally doubled. But that one didn't disturb me. At, at the point in time, it was very difficult to get Forex to even pay them. Then a number of things happened, not just because of money alone, no, a number of other technical issues. We had to discontinue broadcasting with them. But you know the truth, it didn't bother me. As long as I continue preaching, of course, other avenues opened. It was after that we now began to broadcast on YouTube. We opened our YouTube channel. I began to put videos there. It was after that. Since that time, the, that time, how many radio stations were we on? Maybe about two or three. But now we're on like 25, 26. That one is you no. Know, so what I'm going to say is that when that thing used to happen that time, all I used to do was laugh. When you come and tell me, ah, it has moved now, I didn't say, let me now go and be looking for where to keep money in dollars. One of my friends told me that one day he sat down, <laughs> I had a good laugh. He said he sat down, he thought about it, that maybe he should keep his money in U.S. dollars. He realized at that time, the euro was getting stronger. He said, let him keep his money in euro. He said, no. He remembered another thing. Then he said, no, maybe pounds. He said, Sebanki. I didn't realize what was going on there until I checked. I was sweating seriously. He said he was sweating and his heart was beating fast. That's when he realized that he was actually, I think that that was what they call worry. Worry had taken hold of him. Worry had taken hold of him that where do I keep my money? <laughs> you know where I kept my own money? I didn't even have to keep anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, really. But God, why should you keep your money at such times? Jesus said, don't lay out treasure where? On the earth. So if you have to keep money, better go to the bank of heaven and look for how to deposit it there. And there's only one way to deposit money in the bank of heaven. It's called faith. What does it mean? It says, sell all you have, give to the poor. You will have what? Treasure in heaven. What do you do if you want to have treasure in heaven? Just carry your eyes away from material things. Now, I'm not saying just carry your money and throw it away now. Just remove your eyes from there and do what you have to do. I hope you're getting my point. When I mean, anything that comes to you on a daily basis, make sure you are meeting those needs. When God opens doors for you to do something, do them. Don't think you can. It's not, you see, God, see, see, see. There's no way, there's no principle of making God do that which he says he doesn't want to do. What I'm going to say is that you won't go and give an offering and a tithe and a seed so that God will protect the treasure you laid on the earth. I don't know whether you're getting my point. People do that sometimes. Say, look, I'm going to give God a percentage. Then when I lay treasure on the earth, nothing bad will happen to it. It doesn't happen. Once it is on the earth, once it is on the earth, once it is on this earth, the word of the Lord has gone forth. Moth destroys and thieves break in and steal. So if you have money in the bank and you kept it plenty and the bank wants to collapse, don't think God will protect it because of you. He won't. No, a lot of people don't understand that. You say, this is a bank in which my children have their money. No, this bank can't go down. <laughs> this money you kept here has been here for like two years. You didn't use it. Obviously, you don't need it. He says, sir, what are you saying? You don't need it now. We never can tell. Say, I'm not dead. When we can tell, I will answer you. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Say, you never can tell. What do you mean you never can tell? When you need it, I will answer. So there's no way to sanctify your savings. Do you hear what I said? There's no way. You cannot say, okay, I have... 
a hundred millionaire. Let me give God 10% of it. Then he'll protect the other 90. God she kept it on the earth. Sorry, my <laughs> Thieves breaking and steal. Inflation will eat your money the way it's eating the unbelievers' money. Once it is where? On the earth. The issue is that it is on the earth. Now, let me ask you. It's not punishing you. I don't know whether I get the point. It's like God says, don't put your sack of salt on the floor. And you say, look, if I give God a tight, he will keep my sack of salt. God says, okay, no problem. Say, all, uh, all sacks of salt should be on second floor and above. You say, I'm a man of God. Once I prophesy, anything I prophesy comes to pass. So, you keep, God won't say anything. Then you will go to church, you will worship, he will receive your worship. You will go to church, you will give thanks, you will receive your thanksgiving. You will go to church, you will give offerings, you receive your offering. The day the flood will come. He that knew that flood will come periodically said to his children, make sure your salt is always on the second floor and above. Because he knows the floods will always cover the first floor. So that day, flood covers everywhere. I said, my God is able. Then when the flood goes down, all your salt has left the bag. You see empty bags everywhere. Say, God, what happened? God said, what did I say? Do not keep salt on ground. It's not, it's not like I'm angry with you. It's just that these floods come once in a while. And the thing I have told you is don't keep salt on that floor. I'm not angry. Do you think I sent flood because of you? No. It was the time for the flood. So to surprise you that the way he took away the unbeliever's salt, so did he take away the Christian salt. Say, so what was God supposed to do for his children now? What want to do that for God? Said, you know, what I told you is carry salt to the upper floors. But because you felt that salt on the upper floors don't sell fast. Do you get my point? You had your reasons for disobeying a principle I have set in place. I know when your salt disappears, that he's not angry. It won't punish you specially. That why did you put salt that would not punish you? No. Lord, my salt has gone. Sorry. That's all he will, do, he will tell you. But I need new salt. No problem. When you need, come. But friend, all that salt you had, you didn't need it. If you needed it, you wouldn't have been there. I don't know whether you're getting the principle. So nobody should teach you any way by which you save money on this earth and it will not disappear. If the money is not busy, God will not specially protect. So I pray so that the day the banks want to collapse, God will send me to go and remove my money on time. He won't bother. You know why he won't bother? He's not panicking. If you lose the money, he can bring money again. Oh, don't think that I've lost it. Now. He won't send you into poverty. Don't worry about it. If the bank collapses on your money, what should you do? Give thanks. If you rejoice, money will come again. I hope you're getting my point here. Money will come again. I pray we understand this. The, the world has taught us to be too money-minded. We labor for the food that perishes. We labor for the food that perishes. So the blessing that God really wants to give us, it, he can't. Not because he's angry, but because our focus is on something. that where it's not supposed to be. We are not activating the provision of the Almighty the way we should. Please, I hope you're following my point here. That realm I said is what? Available. We are talking about the place of our help. So how do you activate it? There are many things. The one we are focusing on at this particular point in time. Now, let me just go over that again. They will now do some declarations. Now, this is how we activate it. It's simple. Now, I said something to us before that. How do you know what your, who the Bible is about? What's the catch? I mean, what's the trick? How do you know who the Bible is about? Eh? Who does it talk about the most? 
That's it. Who does the Bible talk about the most? You want to know who you worship? Who you talk about the most? Now let me say something about worship again. There are different words for worship in the Bible. By the time I checked a list of them, they're up to seven. Both, well, mostly Greek, all right? Now, the commonest one is, it means to, when you say worship now, is to bow down. You know, the way you raise your hands, the way you sing, all right? The way you bow down, kneel down. Whoever you are thinking of when you are doing all of that, yeah, that is worship. That's the person you are worshiping. That is true, all right? Now, but that's not all there is to worship. That's not all there is to worship. We talked about, we're talking about no more foreign gods. When you get up in the morning, who is the motivation for leaving your house? That's the person you are worshipping. That's worship. Worship is the reason you get up. Worship is what you are living for. Not just who you go to church to go and talk about. Not just who you go to the temple to go and offer offerings to. That's not all. Who is the reason or what is the reason for being alive? That is worship. I hope you're getting my point. That's one part of worship. Another part of worship is this. To whom do you ascribe the things that happen to you? That's what I want to emphasize on. I said it again, as in previous times, that most of our people worship the head of state. It's, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just a Nigerian thing. If the economy is bad, who do we blame? The head of state. If there's insecurity, who do we blame? The head of state. Everything goes wrong, we blame the head of state. Now, you see, again, another digression. It's not a, nothing new. Something we've discussed many times before. As a Christian, you are being marked. You can be ten in a place if you are the only believer there. All ten will say the same thing. But the way you say it, when you say it, it makes a difference in heaven. I hope you are getting my point. When they say you are the salt of the earth, of the ten people there, you are the only salt that is present. So please, never join the multitude to do evil. If they are talking nonsense, don't join them. The truth that their nonsense does not count as much as your own nonsense. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If there are ten people there, and they all say the problem we have in this country is the head of state, and you don't say that, you actually will nullify the nonsense they are emitting into the environment. I hope you're getting my point. I've noticed something about some people. There's some, but I, one guy I observed you at that time. I said, this guy just joined this, you know, what do they call that thing? Like you just get a fad. Everybody's insulting the head of state so you feel like, ah, I won't be the Jew man here now. Me say if I suppose I abuse them small. I don't know whether I get the point. You, you feel like, um, yeah, you feel woke. You know what they call woke? You know what they call woke? You know what it means to be woke? Like you are in the, you are in the flow. The trend, you know, you are, you are, you are up to it. You, are, you understand what is going on. The world demands it of you, actually. Like now, there are a lot of things they are, you know, they are trying to mainstream. If you don't join it, it's as if something is wrong with you. Let me give that warning to you as a believer. Never join the multitude to do that which is wrong. Even when it comes to fashion. It's women that normally is most... You know, there was a time men started sagging through. Did they still do things like that? They've stopped, thank God. Praise God. And I've told all of you that I wear real jeans. Anyone wearing jeans, if your jeans tear and I cast you, I deliver you from the spirit of madness in Jesus' name. You will not go mad. Nobody will go mad in your house in the name of Jesus. Poverty will not attack you in Jesus' name. In, in Jesus' name, you will not wear rags. In the name of Jesus, before your clothes tear, you will buy a new one. I can't be praying for you like this. You will now be canceling my prayer with your drip jeans. What kind of nonsense is that? Yeah, people follow nonsense fashion. It's not right. 
Now, please, my emphasis is that don't follow the multitude to say things that are not right because you are going to be specially held responsible. So, the sign of worship also is the person we talk about all the time as a source of our blessings, one, and also as a source of our problems. Read your Bible. Israel did not think the devil was the source of their problems. They had enemies. There's no doubt about it. But their enemies were only as strong as their own manifestation of God was weak. That is, if God was on their side, there was no, no matter how strong you were as an enemy, you were drowned in the sea. Time will not allow us going to it now. You see, why did Israel have all the, you know, before we used to think that the reason why Israel went into captivity in Egypt was because that's what God needed at that point in time. No, God wanted them in Egypt. He did not want them, he didn't want them there as slaves. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? God's ideal plan was this. You will go into Egypt. You will prosper in Egypt. Then a time will come. I will send a prophet into your midst. Telling you time to return to the promised land. Then you will pack while you are prospering. You will leave your prosperity behind. You will, that is like the, the land. You can take away your goods, your gold and all of that, your animals. Then you will move to the land that I promised to your fathers by prophetic manifestation. I will say, go this way, you will go. Then I will arm you. The Egyptians themselves, maybe they will help you. Then you will go, you will conquer the nations that are inside there. That's okay. So why did they become slaves in Egypt? Do you want to know why? The real reason? Who can tell me the reason? It's a reason we all know. You know it. It wasn't the plan of God. Hmm? No, 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 no. There was no, no, that was not. Why did they become slaves in Egypt? Eyes on prosperity in Egypt, that's 5% of the reason. Thank you. The false gods of Egypt became their own. They began to worship the false gods of Egypt. Next thing they knew, they thought Egypt was the reason they prospered. So when they say worship the sun god, they joined. Worship the god of the Nile, they joined. Worship the god that kills locusts, they joined. Worship the God that brings rain, they joined. Worship the God that holds back the storm, the hail, they joined. Ah. God said, This is enough. So he whistled. A man of my purpose from a distant country. They arose in a pharaoh, came from outside. Bollinger believes that that was an Assyrian. He came in, took over the, the, the throne. A new dynasty arose. And God opened the eyes and said, Look at all these people. Where are they from? He said, where are they from? He said, they are the people of Joseph. He said, who is Joseph? The Bible said, there arose a Pharaoh. That what? Did not know Joseph. It was not, there was no, that original family, that dynasty, they all knew Joseph. Because it was the reason they were rich. He was the one that converted all the wealth of Egypt to the house of Pharaoh. Even if you are 10th generation, you will have known Joseph. Why those ones did not know Joseph was because their grandfather was not the original pharaoh. It was a whole new dynasty that showed up. But it was God saying, let me teach you a lesson. It worked both ways. Apart from judging them for their sins. It also made, made them listen to the word that said, yeah, move out of this land. They were now tired of that land. They were now tired. So how do you know this? Go and study the book of Ezekiel chapter 20. You find, it's written there. It's written in the scriptures. 
It's in the scriptures. And I can assure you. That was why when the plague came, it took, it affected them as much as it affected the rest of the Egyptians. Then they removed some of their gods. Oh, you think, you think they just followed Moses? No. Moses finished talking, they were still going to offer sacrifices to false gods. God said, okay, now go see. God said to, to them at the point, I said, I will rule over you with force. What am I explaining? The reason they suffered was because of idolatry. They began to look at the gods of Egypt as a source of their prosperity. And I can assure you of one thing. is the reason why many Christians still suffer till today. Who do you worship? We've talked about it. The person to whom you ascribe your blessing. The person to whom you ascribe your troubles. It's the same thing. Many Christians worship the devil. They don't know. Can't get a job for two years. The devil is up to something. The devil does not want him to prosper. God said, now wow. The devil. This devil must be powerful. Maybe I should, anytime you send me an offering, I should send him his portion. And as he's saying that in Western Nigeria, they say maybe we should worship death and leave these gods alone. Yes. It's a dirge in Western Nigeria. When somebody dies, one of the songs they sing, they say that maybe we should worship death and not worship the gods. He said, why? He said, because where were the gods when death was killing somebody? I don't know that you're getting the point. And the only said, listen, we give you goat, we give you yam, we give you everything. Then death comes, collects us, shows, shows that they are, death is more powerful than you gods. So they said to the gods, all of you behave yourselves. Otherwise, we should give your sacrifices to death. It's one of these, you know what they call a dirge, one of those songs they sing when things are bad. The song of sorrow. What am I going to say? The way we worship the devil, the way we talk about the devil, maybe we don't worship service, we should cut it in to say, God, <laughs> since you cannot protect us from this devil, take half of the worship service. The other worship service is for the devil. Because traditionally, at least I know by Western Nigerian culture, if you don't want what we call the devil now issue to afflict you, you offer him sacrifices. Yes. He had his own strange sacrifices. So when Ebola arrives, the people go to offer a sacrifice to Eshu. Because they believe that ah, ah, he's the one that comes and brings plagues. No? Smallpox. Stuff like that those days. So they offered him sacrifices. So I think the, the Christians should also do that. Don't you think so? Something goes wrong in the life of believers. What is the cause? The devil. Let's stop that thing. It's not right. And that's what I'm talking about. How do we activate that work in the spirit? I've been talking about it for some time. Let me see how much of it I can say again today. One thing you do is worship the Lord all the time by activating the knowledge of his name. Is that my expression? Good. No, let me find out that way. You worship him all the time by, with your mouth, acknowledging who he is all the time. That's one way by which you activate that work in the realm of the spirit. Which is the reason why we read from that, um, where, where did we read just now? Exodus chapter what? 15. Go back there quickly. You see in verse 2. The Lord is my strength and what? Song. And he has become my salvation. Now there's a key there. He said, this is my God and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will stall him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. 
Please notice it. What I did earlier, even though I don't have that list here, was to just go through my Bible and just look for where the Bible says, the Lord is my something. And please, can you do that? All right? When you get home, you're studying your scriptures, just write it down. The Lord is my, no? Whenever the Bible says the Lord or God is my or God is our, no, it's our refuge. Stuff like that. Look for it, compile it, and make a song. I mean, make it, yeah, if you can make it into a song, fantastic. Because some people have the, 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 the anointing to create songs like that. Do a lot of that for us. Do all this a song that has ten stanzas. Each one telling us. You start with the Lord is our helper. Then write two or three lines on, on how he helps. Go to the next one. Tell us the Lord is our healer. Write two or three lines after that on how he heals or the fact that he heals or with testimonies. Next, the Lord is our defense. Write two or three lines for that in that stanza. Just pick ten different ways God is described as ours and give us a song to sing. What I can do is teach. I can write songs. But some, you know, I told you before, if you listen to me, the gift of God in you will be stirred up. I didn't hear that, amen. Yeah. You don't, okay, you didn't think it was a prayer. Let's do it again. As you are listening to me, the gift of God inside you is being stirred up. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, Paul said like this. He said, through the grace given to me, I say to each one of you. That is, through his own grace, he was activating the grace on other people. You are listening to this. I'm giving somebody listening to this an instruction. The song must have at least ten stanzas. Ten. And each one must start with what the Lord is. You go to your Bible, there are so many things. The Lord is my shepherd. That's one. Four or five lines. Describe what it means when you say the Lord is your shepherd. For example, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's Psalm 23. Compo- compiled, you know, rearranged. Gives you one. Go to the next one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's what David used to do for Israel. The sweet psalmist of Israel. Go and check it. Every time he magnified the Lord for the, for the people of Israel to have our songs. The book of Psalms, read it very well. Because one thing I found about it is that all over the Psalms, you find David talking about it. The Lord is my this. The Lord is my that. Now, you know the truth? You know this David was very strong. You know he was a man of war. You know he knew how to fight. You knew he... He brought Goliath down with a stone in his sling. Cracked the guy's skull. Took his, 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 his sling like that, put a stone inside. Phew! Goliath's skull cracked. Very strong man. He knew how to fight. But there's something he would say all the time. How can you know how to fight? He said, the Lord taught my hand to war. <laughs> Did you get that? He would say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He said, by my God, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. This is a, you will have thought that, ah, this guy's skill. It's not just skill. You, David, he became skillful. Now listen, all the skill he had, he acquired after Samuel had anointed him. So David did not think he had anything that came to him naturally. He didn't think so. Everything he had, he knew where it came from. That's why you say boldly, I can run through a troop. You know what you run through a troop? That is, those are the hand to hand combat. He said, Don't worry, I can run through them, kill everyone in the process. They have walls surrounding their cities, we will leap over their walls. Why? He said, Because the Lord taught our hands to war. Everybody used to use bows made of wood. He said, No, our own is made of brass. 
Even though David could do all of these things, he never ascribed anything as coming from himself. I hope you're getting my point here. How do you activate this work in the spirit? And that's what I'm trying to say. The Bible you have, what does it do? It talks about God all the time. And the assignment you have also is to talk about God all the time. Please, you are listening to me. Go and write songs for us that show us that God is our healer. Put stanzas in it. Title the song, The Lord is My Healer. The emphasis is who God is. That's the emphasis. It's on who God is. He said, there's none like the God of Israel. One of my favorite portions of the scripture when it comes to divine protection. He said, he rides, who rides through the sky? How does it go again? Remind me. Huh? Thank you. There's none like the God of Israel. Thank you. Who rides through the heavens to help us. And through the skies in his majesty. He said, the eternal God is, now let me adapt it, is our dwelling place. And underneath us are his everlasting arms. Now listen, when you wake up in the morning, now listen to this. Now I say this all the time. The newspapers, they conspire to scare you. They conspire to scare you. It's deliberate. Now the, the newspaper man does not know. I have a classmate who I'm convinced works for Satan. He, I've, I've told him. And I will remind him again. Maybe now that I've told you, I should go and remind him. The guy works for the devil. When they posted something, I think it was when Tobia Musha or somebody did something. Or it was, what was it? Yeah, yeah. What happened? You posted something positive. The same person that said showed us the infl- uh, inflation rate. That's the only thing. If there was a time they ambushed some soldiers, he's the one that posted the video to you to see dead soldiers at the back of a truck. In fact, anytime you post something, as a rule, I don't watch. It's a rule, you know? You know, there are all kinds of people there. Who posted this one? What's the name? I'm not watching. I'm not watching. So of every 100 things he posts, I think I watch maybe like one. I'm not, I'm not, in fact, my class are always posting things. If you post 100 videos, I probably watch like one or two. And usually somebody will have commented on it. Or I know, you know, there are people you know. Once they post, the Lord has posted that my guy, I believe that he was of the devil. Oh, by the way, he goes to church. He's supposed to be a Christian. But the only thing he posts is that somebody has been kidnapped. He's from him, I would know. There are two of them. One lives in UK. So I call both of them Calamity News Network. It's just that we are streaming a lot. I've told you what I tell the UK one. At the end, come and ask me what I tell him. Basically, I tell him that, look, I won't tell you the whole thing. I say, you want us to feel bad so that you can feel good because you are feeling bad where you are. So you want to make us look like we are worse off than you. We are not. We rejoice in the Lord. If you're a believer, listen, people will try to show all the calamity around you. Tell them my life is not average. That's in the Bible. That a thousand will fall on my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. It's in the scriptures. It's not new. But that does not mean it will come near me. Do you get my point here? It does not mean it will come near me. What am I going to say? The world tries. See, let me explain it to you. These things are not jokes. Please follow me. Peter, you know, we're talking about Jesus Christ walking in a different room. And he passed that spirit into Peter one time. He was walking on water. Peter said, If it's you, let me tell me to come. He said, Peter, no problem, come. So Peter came. And what happened to Peter? He walked on water too. Not a problem. The Lord said, No, no problem. Peter, come. As long as you're with me, you can walk on water. Yet, when fear came into his heart, he sank. In the presence of Jesus Christ, he sank. I don't know whether you're getting my point. 
He was with the Lord and he sank. Fear is very powerful. That's why you, you know what Solomon said? Guard your heart with what? All diligence. Let me give you an instruction. You are listening to me from somewhere. If you have people always posting nonsense that scare you, just exit. See, don't think they are giving you news to help you become safe. It's not true. They are just giving you news to scare you. So even though you are not aware of that news, you still won't die before your time. In fact, you are more likely to die. There are many times you have driven through dangerous areas, but because you did not know the areas were dangerous, you didn't see the trouble. You passed through there safely. There's someone next time you want to pass, they say, ah, why did you pass through just now? Just here. Eh? How come? Do you know three people were killed there yesterday? Do you know one car just exploded for no reason? We think a grenade stepped on a grenade. There was one bomb they led during the Second World War. It exploded and killed a whole busload of people. On that road, ah, ah. the camp of the headsmen is down the road. Then bandits are on this side. No, you can't go back home. Suddenly, you are waiting for when Nigerian army will be moving so you can follow them. When they are convoys passing, and they will remind you that the last military convoy that passed was ambushed. So you call your family and say, I'm not, I've, I've relocated to this other town until. The other day, one of our brothers, you know, we're talking, came from, you know, from in, is in Kaduna. I just said, how has it been? Because you know all the notes you hear, I see all those rules, nobody. I said, how are you guys? He said, we are fine. Do you guys go anywhere? I said, we'll go where we want to go. We'll go by faith. Did, have you heard that part before? I'm sure you thought nobody was leaving Kaduna again. That they all stay in there because once you go out, you've been kidnapped or killed. He said, no, the other day, the bishop of Kafanchan was here. And me that was telling like, praise God. <laughs> Are you serious? He said, no, we go where we have to go. We just have to believe God. Ah. Then I was encouraged by the news. They said there was one, they said the bishop was leaving. And this car had this terrible problem on the road. He said, but the tire didn't go down. They hit a very bad spot. The tire didn't go down. The tire finally went down when they got to an Air Force personnel checkpoint. He said, so the driver parked the team to change. He said, ah, where they? He said, no, we hit something further down the road. The Air Force would now say that that very spot is where bandits were operating. God just pushed the bandits back. They passed. So the tire that went down, an angel said, no, 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 no. You can't come down here. An angel held the tire until they got to where they a lot of Air Force. You know the way they, are, they like the bishop, kidnap the bishop, ask for 100 million. That's the kind of thing. But the bishop is not saying there. He said, no, I said I have to do the work of the Lord. These guys will not tell me not to do what God asked me to do. I like the way some of you are opening eyes. Like, are you? Yes. God still protects people. So Solomon said, guard your heart with what? All diligence. The more you hear of trouble, the more you talk about the Lord who protects. Please, anytime you see a testimony of somebody delivered by God, forward it around. See, let me explain to you. Faith. Faith is not mental balm. It's not that you are rubbing on your head so that your head will come down. No. Faith is real. Faith will decide whether you will sink or you will not sink. So you can make somebody sink by pushing bad news at the person constantly. There are some people, they are sinkers. You know what they call sinkers? The Bible calls them, I want to borrow a Bible word for them. They are millstones to hang around somebody's neck. You want somebody to sink, just make the person their friend. There's one lady I knew when I was in Lagos those days. One day I told her, I said, why do you like bad news like this? Every time she sees you, she sees something wrong with you. Maybe you did not sleep well and your eyes are not clear. You say, ah, 
Do you have jaundice? I'm not joking. One day, you know, I used to, before the Lord blessed me and I became rich like this, I used to shave with shaving powder those days. Now I don't shave again. Because if they keep shaving, they will think me and some of these boys have met. So it's just to show who's the billionaire and those who are still believing God, you know. <laughs> so one day, and I don't know how many of you have used shaving cream, shaving powder and stuff. Sometimes they are notorious for just, you try to wash it off, that white tissue will just stay there. I thought I heard a woman say, yes, how did you know? <laughs> but it meant you know, all right? So one day, I think I finished shaving, I came to work. I mean, that thing didn't go off completely. Sometimes, you know, you almost use a scrubbing brush to scrub your before it to go. But sometimes, you just leave it. By the end of the day, it will take care of itself. I just go to work and just say, ah, Panky, what's the problem? Do you have dermatitis? I look at her like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you just, you like... You like wishing people bad. There are people like that. They just like to wish people bad. The same lady saw one of our, another of our um, colleagues and friends. That one used to go to a, a church. So she's now okay. She was a Catholic. She was now following us to church. Some of us following us to church. She now stopped and said, "Eh, I hear you now go to this uh, people's church." The young woman said, "Eh, so like how is your problem?" She said, "The thing you are looking for that you won't see it." Please, if such a person is your friend, block them on social media. Block them on common media. Block them on bad media. Block them on good media. If it says, good morning, say I'm coming, I'll think about answering you. Make the person no longer your... And if you are like my wife, please. I like people like my wife. People like me, I'll just ignore you. My wife will tell you, you are no longer my friend because you are bad news. Every time I see you, my feet goes down. Oh, thank God to my wife. People like my wife. She will tell you. If I'm the one, I'll just say, ah, ha. Please, how now? <laughs> I just be going my way. My wife will say, I am fine. You know why I don't like to answer when you greet me? Say why? Say because the only thing you see that you talk about is bad things. So you are a danger to my faith. You are really an enemy of progress and a worker for Satan. So I have decided that the interest of progress and prosperity, she may not use this kind of words, but she will tell you flat. And she will ask, why do you rejoice in evil? But me, I can't do anything. I just believe I live in your wickedness. Just don't use it on me. If you have a friend like that, please disconnect. It's an instruction I'm giving you by the Spirit. Sometimes the friend, I'm sorry, it's your mother. Stop calling her. And if you're a parent, please be. Is it not whether you're a parent or you're not? Please, as a human being, when people finish talking to you, boost their faith. Have a word to draw for them, to encourage them. Say something about God. Many years ago, I heard a talk, doctor talk on TV. This is not Christian TV. This was either National Geographic or, or maybe even CNN or Discovery. He said that I'd never take hope away from my patients. He said, what do you mean? He said, I'll just give them the good side. Why? He said, because he had an experience. A patient came to him. He did all the tests, told the patient what was wrong with him. It was a bad thing. Told the fellow how long he had to live. Told him what was going to happen to him, how things would get bad and they would get worse, and then he might die within a particular period. He said everything happened to that man just as he said. And then at a point in time, around the time he said, the man actually died. Except that when they conducted an autopsy, there was nothing wrong with the man. Nothing. 
Everything he said, he said nothing. They, they did test, did this and did that. It was from test interpretation. This is an American doctor. I was watching him on another Discovery Channel on National Geographic. See, there was nothing wrong with the man. Everything they said, nothing. But the man died the way he said. He said that thing changed his life as a doctor. He said he realized that. Now, let me use Christian words. I prophesied that man to death. He said, so what do I do now? I never take hope away from my patients. So the interviewer now said, okay, what if you have a patient that has a disease, that this disease kills maybe 90% of the people in te- within a year? He said, I tell him 10% live beyond a year. He said, I emphasize to him that 10% will live beyond one year. He said, because he has realized that there's no need to take hope away from people. Because when people lose hope, they actually literally die. So a friend of mine called me one day. He said, Banky, I just killed somebody. I said, what do you mean? He said, my patient just died. He's a gastroenterologist. What happened? He said, this man came to see me. He said, he wasn't feeling well, just not feeling so well. So I did some tests and everything. I found out they had cancer in the liver. So I told him, okay, oh, yeah, I'll give you an appointment. Come back in two weeks' time. Your test results, everything will be ready. So when the man came, sat in front of him, he said, I told the man. He said, as I was talking to him, he said, Banky, he began to sweat. He said, I told him, he said, listen, right there and there, I saw the man began to sweat. He said, do you? He said this man came from work to see me. He said, this man, a few weeks later, he said, every day he would come, he was getting worse. Every day he would come, he was getting worse. He said, but I've forgotten exactly how long. But not too many, maybe a month or two later, he said, the man was dead. He said, I told him he would die, and he died. So that day he called me, he said, Banky, I just killed somebody. That's what he told me. He just called me, he said, Banky, I just killed somebody. How did you kill him? I told him he was going to die, and he died. So that's what I'm telling you as a person. Don't ever, when you want to have conversation with somebody, give them the good side of life. And now we are not just trying to use psychology. We are magnifying God. We are magnifying God. And that's what I'm saying. If you want to activate that work, if you want the presence of God to go with you everywhere, magnify his name. You know, we began this series by explaining that the, the blessings of God are encapsulated in two places. Where? In his name and his promises. Talk about those two things all the time. Say who it is that's in charge. Let's take your health as an example. Please, people of God, don't joke with your health. Every day, declare it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. That was salvation includes health. The Lord is my healer. The, see, what you are doing is that you are taking yourself away from that common realm into the realm in which you walk in the presence or under the influence of the presence of God. He said, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How do you dwell in the secret place of the Most High? What's the next line? I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. is my God. In him I trust. That's how you dwell in the secret place. It's what you say of the Lord. Look at the place we began from. Exodus chapter 15. He said, the Lord, now read verse 2 with me, everybody. Want to, let's go. Okay, let me wait for you to get there. Are you there now? Exodus 15. What did he say? The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Wait there. I like something. You know, along the line, when we were in earlier, I said there's something here. What did he say? One, I declare, the Lord is my strength and my song. There was the next line. Did you catch what I'm catching there? That he has become. What God will become for you depends on what you say about him all the time. I hope you're getting my point. I also like the fact that he said, the Lord is my 
song. The Lord is my song. Let me tell you something about a song. What is a song? It's not the melody. It's not this how they do it in Alabama. <laughs> you remember those children? Yes. <laughs> the Lord. That's not the issue. That's not what basis a song. That's see in some churches. If you are a pastor or you are a leader of a choir in the church, stop singing songs that we don't know what you are saying. You are just coming to the front of us to exercise your lungs. There's this Bible experience thing that, you know, the Bible experience. I don't like the Psalms because they sing it. I said the Psalms were not written by Americans. They did not use American tune. They used Jewish tunes. When David wrote the Psalms, to the song, to this, you know, to the choir, to this one, the Psalm of David, all those kind of things, to the head of, you know, you know, address to some people. I noticed something. This is from my own experience. That's my understanding of spiritual things. In that Bible experience series, Many of you may have heard about this. I, I tried. I like their, 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 the prophets. I love Revelation, but Psalms I don't bother. I tried a few Psalms. It was done with American spirit. Let me tell you how the Jews used to sing it. It was it was a reading that everybody could sing. You didn't have to be a gifted singer. That's number one, and it was clear to everybody's hearing. You go to church and people are singing. What did she say? What is all of this? When we learn some Jewish of those days, they taught us some song. Inama tu manahim, sheratahim gamyad. Inama tu sing inama tu. La 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 la. Everybody could sing it. What is English? Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Sing in unity. La 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 la. I don't go to church. When they begin singing, I go just sing because my throat almost cut. <laughs> Trying to follow the people. Please, if you are singing in church, make sure we can follow you. That's where I'm going. You know why songs were designed by God? It's to help us repeat things without getting tired. Do you know, if you write Psalm 119 and give it a song, an average person will sing it from the beginning to the end, they won't miss one word. But all my life, I've not seen more than two people that can recite Psalm 119. <laughs> That's Psalm 119. I've seen people recite it before. Very few people can recite Ah, if I, if I tell everybody, go and recite Psalm 119, I'll give you a car tomorrow if you can. You, <laughs> even if I say, okay, only get 80%, how many people will get them? But if I just give it to one musician, and those days when, remember, mandators, those guys, they could write lyrics that would be long. Or this guy, this American rap artist that died recently. I, I think it's DMX. DMX could write lyrics that's as long as from here to nature. That guy, that guy must have had a spirit, man. You just keep Yes. Well, <laughs> he's just a believer, yes, you know, like this. DMX will write lyrics, eh? You'll be afraid. And they say he wrote almost all his songs by himself. The point I'm making is that he will write lyrics, eh? they'll be so long. Ah! And this is like the guy will just be rapping, rap, 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 rap. You know the truth? Young guys, <laughs> when they learn that in, eh? in their dream, they'll give it to you. That's why God invented songs. 
songs are to so, look when Moses was living, he said, How do I make the people of God obey God? He wrote the principles of God, the prophecies of what will happen to them, how they will recover from their problems. He wrote it down in Deuteronomy 32. And the Bible calls it the song of Moses. It was a song. So that's why he said here, the Lord is my strength. And what? My song. He's the one I talk about every time. I have songs written about him all the time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That is, there will be something to say about the Lord all the time. The other day, I told myself, I said, it was Israel was telling, I said, see me, see what I love. What, I would just sit down and just say, Buga, eh, eh. Buga, at this, you know what they call Buga? Oh, no, 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 Buga, yeah. Do you know? I was already singing Buga for weeks before I knew who sang Buga. I knew the Buga dance. Why? Because all over social media, I call my sister, she's telling me to Buga. I'm telling you, people go, happy weekend. People dancing to Buga. Uh-uh. Even the guy go Tanzania, Buga, everything. Without me trying. I didn't have to try. I, what have they not done with that Bugatti? I saw one particular video one guy did, my God. I had to keep it. The skill was excellent. Wake up, collect your money. Then the guy started dancing, jumping from one corner to another. The way the thing flowed, eh? Before it was happening, I would sit down. Brother, let us pray. Oh, lo, lo, lo. Before you know what's happening, I, I just I, I did church one day now, and I saw one guy they listen, and I say, One love. <laughs> I'm telling you, let's get together. Ah, I just, pray. I'm not joking, praise worship. Not a joke, I was in the service. <laughs> they just scattered with laughter. The guy didn't know. Songs are very powerful. Oh, they're very They are very, very powerful. You know, you know <laughs> one day went for my convention, they, we, we had to have a theme song. So one sister was not trying to teach us. Okay, the first line is that, as we have gathered in his presence, everybody say, as we have gathered in his presence. I'm just giving any song. After when I go to my sister, come, 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 no need. Just sing them. I said, don't, don't, don't teach us. Just sing it. Have you been there when they are trying to teach you a song? That's a bad thing. Don't, if you want to teach songs, don't teach it. Sing it. But I sing it like four times. Everybody's flowing with you. Just give them the lyrics. Just stay up there and be singing it. Don't tell the first line. As we have gathered in Israel, say, as we have gathered. No, gather will go up. No, 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 no. Just stay in front and sing it. Four times after. Look, as a little boy, when Michael Jackson was doing Off the Wall, we could sing the whole of Off the Wall. Even though we don't, even though we don't know what he's saying, we'll give it our own words. I'm telling look, listen, it's a, it's a, as a Christian, get into songs, I'm telling you. And how do you learn? Just keep it, put it around your environment. Select your songs, let them play around you. Moses said, the Lord is what? My strength and song. Now, because I sing about him all the time, what's the next line? He has become my salvation. That's what I'm talking about. 
Don't think about the president all the time. Because he'll become your problem. Don't think about the economy all the time. It will become your problem. It can hang you up for some time, give you the impression it's doing well for you, then crash you. Don't think about a friend all the time. I don't care how much you're in love with somebody. He can't be your son. I don't care. She cannot be your son. The Lord must be your son. You know what it means a song? That's what I'm talking about song. That thing you repeat all the time. That's the thing you repeat all the time. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. That is from him comes my blessings. My father's God. I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Let me just explain something to you. You know, we talk about headsmen, we talk about bandits, we talk about kidnappers. Sometimes, you no, know, I pray about something. I just look and say, God, now, wow, what happened to us? I'm just, I was just sitting there in mind that Samuel will be worried about bandits and kidnappers. Samuel, you know Samuel? Samuel that he gathered the children of Israel to talk to them. And the Philistines were gathering in battle. They thought they gathered for war. The Philistines gathered. So the Israelites wanted to panic. Samuel said, don't worry about them. Let me finish what I'm doing. When he finished, he prayed to God. And God sent thunder and lightning. And God sent hail. And the people of Israel were watching God fight their enemies. We talked about Elijah. I said, hey, who wants to be telling Elijah about kidnappers and bandits? You know what he will do? He will go to sleep. They said the herdsmen are surrounded the village. What will he do? He will continue sleeping. There is something he knew. There was something he knew. And it was reality. About a dozen times they tried to kill Jesus before his time. He told them, a prophet cannot perish outside Jerusalem. I will not go a day earlier than the father has appointed. And that time, now I want to add words to it. He didn't say this, but let me add words to it. It will be Passover. I will go as a sacrificial lamb. No one can take my life from me. When the time comes, I will lay it down by myself. So no matter how much you try to scare him, it didn't bother him. He said, leave that thing. He says, is this place Jerusalem? It's not Bethany. Let's go to Bethany. Why a prophet will not perish outside Jerusalem. There's a way it works. And this particular one is the lamb of God. Didn't you hear John? Did John not tell you? Takes away the sin. So this one, I ha- my hand would have to be laid on me first by the high priest. The sins of the people will be it's not a mob will not kill me. Leave that thing. That's why I say, listen, listen, if somebody wants, that's what Satan tries to, tries to do. Bring your eyes away. Put fear in your heart. Make you look like an accident can kill you. By, why? Because hey, this man died. The other did an accident. This other man died. Now, once they can tell you, it means he did not die. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You're not dead now. That's what they're telling you. So let, let nobody scare you. That The man that died has died. He's one of the 10,000 at the right hand. And they were just going over that bridge. That water just entered the bridge. You know, everybody perished. So why are you telling me? Because I'm not one of them. If I was one of them, you wouldn't be here telling me. What am I going to say? It happened to them. does not include my name. I don't know whether you're catching what I'm going to explain here. This life is not a game of chance. It's not a game of accident. There's one song I just remembered now. How does, those of you who know songs, you know, I have to go back to songs. I'm also, one day my wife looked at me, your first story. She said, you don't even know any song again. I said, my wife, don't be angry. All I, do, I listen to messages all the time. But the truth is that you can't, I, with all the messages of the Prince I've listened to, I can hardly preach them when he's not there. I don't know what is my point. 
But do you know, the cake, frankly, I listened to it last two years ago. I can remember it till now. No matter what may it come my way, my life is in your hands. Are you getting my point? Listen to songs like that again and again. The songs I'm going to remember now. You are the... My. Oh yeah, let's sing it. You are the pillar that holds my life. Pastor Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. Master Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. Let's sing it one more time. You are the pillar that holds my life. You are the pillar that holds my life. Master Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. Master Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. Sing that song in the morning. You will know that you will not die by an accident. You are not being held by chance. I hope you are getting my point. That's what that song is saying to you. You are just saying, look, each time you magnify God like that, you are saying something to yourself. Your faith is being boosted. Your faith is being boosted. You're just, just a simple song. And anytime you are singing a song like that, please, occasionally, pause and think about what you have said. Then continue singing. He said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. God becomes what you sing about concerning him all the time. The great provider. He's the great provider. He's the great provider. So, he will surely provide for me. The great provider. He's the great provider. He's the great provider. Therefore, he will surely provide for Why? Because he's a great provider. It's a simple song, but you are magnifying the Lord. The economy is not that provider. I hope you know your job is not that provider. I pray we will understand God enough to get to the point that we are going to work and not thinking about the work as a source of provision. We look at our job as a source of what? An avenue for blessing people. And I've been, this is where I bless people. See, what are you doing here? This is what I do for them. So after a while, if you cannot see what you are doing for anybody anyway, say, I want another job. It's not more money I'm looking for. You can even d- drop to the one in which you have less money. But this one, you say, no, that place, I didn't know what I was doing for anybody. So where I am right now, I'm blessing people. And I'm learning. I remember those days. <laughs> the day I, res- I had the job I used to do those days in Lagos. Literally, this was happened. I was earning 6,000 a month from my main job. This one, you work evenings, you work weekends, I earn 9,000. Can you think about that? That means most of the money I earned, that's about two-thirds. Yeah. 
came from that job. One day I went and resigned. Everybody was shocked. Frank, what are you doing? I said, I don't want to die before my time. He said, I even felt sick. <laughs> the pressure was too much. So I was telling one of my friends one day, I said, listen, people are telling me I'm crazy because I dropped that job to be managing the one. My salary dropped from 15000 right to 6000 right a month. I was resident doctor. I said, people think I'm crazy. You know what he said to me? He said, I'm one of them. I think so too. My bosom friend, he said that to me. And I gave him the reason. I said, listen, a time will come when money won't be a problem. Should I die before that time? He couldn't understand. But my own focus was that, see, I don't go to church because I can't. Evenings, I'm working. Two weekends in a month, I'm working. I said, I need to go to church now. I'm supposed to be a preacher. There was no explanation I gave to people. They just felt I was stupid. Why? I reduced my salary. The day my wife resigned from working in the bank, shortly after my first son was born, it was the same thing. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? How could you? And I'm looking like, what do you want her to do now? What do you want her to do? People just felt that, no, this job, you can't touch it. Let me tell you something. There are jobs you feel you can't touch. God will touch it for you. You know, I told you last time, it's a matter you don't want to bathe. Secondary school those days. It's cold. There's nowhere to heat our water. A friend will just, when they see you hesitate, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you take the bowl of water, you lift it like this, you go hang there like an offering. Some wicked friends just take the water, you pour it on your head and go away. Sometimes God does it to us. Say, this job that you say you can't do with that, I will just collect it. Then after a year, you realize you are not dead yet. Then after three years, you realize you have prospered more now than before. I hope you're getting my point. He's a great provider. He's a great provider. He's a great provider. He's a great provider. So he will surely provide for me. Because he's a great provider. That's what he is. The Lord is my strength and my song. Again, let me say it. I know when you don't follow people, you be like, everybody just expects that you should queue behind the Christian candidate. Why? Because APC has a Muslim candidate and a Muslim running mate. PDP has what? A Muslim candidate. Well, a Christian running mate. But at least he's a Muslim candidate. But Labour Party has a Christian candidate and a Muslim running mate. So what we'll do? We'll not, I'm not keen behind anybody. See, initially I wanted to say, let me not talk. Let them not say because if you talk, people just say, ah, can, 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 can you be a couple like you? Not that we're not. You want to hear the truth? No human being will deliver you. No human being will deliver us. None. One brother sent me something the other day. I laughed. He showed me how one political party, I won't mention the name, how their, what they call their campaign manager, went to church and prayed. He said, I'm the campaign, what do you call that, you know? Director of DJ Hank of the campaign for so, 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 so platform. I lift my hands and I pray to, I lift, I give it to God. God, you are the one that will help us. Say, other people. They will believe in their money. I said, that is how Pharisees pray. Telling you what other people are doing. Anyway, he talked, finished. Now I said, I pray in the name of the creator of the universe. I said, Jesus Christ has name. Why can't you pronounce it? So I told my brother who sent it to me. I said, bro, don't be kind of politicians. I've seen them do things. 
That's how they will be giving their life to Christ once there's camera. They go to church once they give life to Christ. You will see APC candidates will come, PDP candidates will come. Everybody will give their life to Christ. They will kneel down for church where they never go before. I'm looking at them. I said, now, so what is his name? Uh, David Cameron. He went for Holy Ghost Night in London and said, our daddy Gio. <laughs> yeah. British Prime Minister calling Adeboye our daddy Gio. I was amongst those who were excited. Revival in London. One brother said, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, the brother said, I beg, we should leave that in that. Do we know the guy went to the Buddhist temple after that? Now I tell my brother, well, politicians are praying under the camera. I don't believe anything. They are, you know why? Why? They are politicians. They, they are, their prayer alone is a show. Where am I going with all of this, my talk? Remember, he's a governor amongst the nations. This political era, please don't let them take your faith away. Please, that's my begging. That's all. Carry your faith and leave it with the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean you can't like a candidate. But anytime you talk about the candidate, add the other side to it. That God rules in the affairs of this nation. And he will give this kingdom to whomsoever he wishes. Even the least likely of all men. And he knows the heart of man. This throne will serve our good in Jesus' name. Amen. Even there. Then you can discuss any discussion you like. You can tell this, look, I'm obedient. I'm, I'm a Baptist. I'm articulated. I'm disarticulated. You can be anything you like. I don't care. But never, when you wake up in the morning, you know, there are times your heart will want to do something. According to Job, there are times your hand will secretly stretch to this moon in worship. It happens. You tell the hand, behave yourself. Say, I like this candidate, but add it to it. That the Lord is governor amongst the nations. He will choose the person that will rule and he will do us good. That is not even in the secrecy of your heart, you think differently. Now, you can, now, please don't get me wrong. You can analyze candidates and even persuade your friends. Say, vote for this person. Give any reason you like. I hope you are getting my point. It's allowed. It is good. It is good. They are t- you know, people have said the church should come together and support a candidate. If you do that, you will vote for Satan. I'm not mincing words. I'm wearing my Amosic gab and my Jeremiah gab when I say that. Now, there's a church that said they want to start a, a department to mobilize support for their members who are going for elect- electoral office. I said, if you do it, the deacon in charge will be demon-possessed. Satan will rule over him. I'm not, you can go and report me. You know one of the reasons that gives me boldness? Shall I tell you the truth? <laughs> you want to know? That's why nobody goes sack me. Then secondly, some of the men I follow, eh? when they were prophesying, they were 15 years younger than I am right now. When Hafford Lope Taife died, he was 35. Many of you don't know. Bishop Hafford Lope Taife died before his 36th birthday. He would have been 36 a few weeks after. No, I'm not. I'm giving you fact. I'm not trying to. And then we used to travel to go and see him. Then one day I look at myself. I say, Bank, if you can't talk till now, it can't bother your life. Oh. The glory has left you. So that's why now I know they fear to talk again. I, that is, I say anything I like. As long as it is true. As long as I'm convinced by the Spirit. And whether you're an old prophet, you won't scare me. Because now, so that, the thing that kills young prophets is the fear of old prophets. So I will say what I want to say. If you are the bishop of a church, you want to start a department to mobilize support 
for a member of your church that is going for political office, demons will stay in that. Listen, Satan will rule over that individual that you put in charge. Don't they, may I get involved in politics? The brother that sat here on Saturday, he ran for a new state governor. You may not have known. Those of you who know, you know. He sat here. Last moment was when he stepped down for the guy who won. Who sat here? And he and I will pray. He will come and see me. We will join hands. We pray. I supported him 100%. So don't think that I don't believe in politics. But I tell you, if he had won the primaries, you will never have allowed see me from here. But we like support for him. But behind, we will pray. Why? I have a right to do that. I'm a person. Do you know, are you getting my point? He's my friend. I trust him. Look, I trust. See, those that one used to go and preach, travel. He's the one that, this one that will be like four now. It's just me and him. He will drive, set up equipment, say opening prayer, say closing prayer. I'll be the one to preach. There was one sitting down here on Saturday. Now, what am I going to say? I don't have a problem. I think it is right for you to play your politics. But people of God, church, remove, carry it away from this pulpit. You can't do that. Because once you do that, you have disobeying scripture. You are. You are removing the eyes of the people from the governor amongst the nations. You are. So this one that's going on, I'm begging the church. Please focus. Focus. Pastors, focus. When you want to preach, leave candidates out. Don't discuss them. Discuss the Lord. Lift Jesus up. It's an abuse of the pulpit. So use it to mobilize support for anybody. It's an abuse of the pulpit. Somebody just folded a bishop, a big bishop, telling me something, saying something the other day. I said, was he, oh, my wife, you're the one that to me, right? Yes. He was saying, no, we're not following this particular. I said, yeah, I started laughing. Big bishop for this our city. Have you seen it? I said, oh, God, this is not be our work now. They said he has reversed what he said. You see the confusion now. I said, this is not our work. When politicians gather, let them do their politics. When church people gather, we will magnify the Lord. We will magnify him as the governor amongst the nations. We will magnify him as the one that has the final say on who sits on the throne. We will magnify him as the one that has his plan. Who has the plan? Who we have begged mercy from? And whose mercy will give us the best person to execute his judgment in this season? Just leave it like that. Even if he reveals to you as a prophet, do not use it to mobilize support. You'll be shocked at how God changes his mind. Ah, you don't know this in the Bible? Because if I'm punishing your enemy, if you rejoice, I will stop. God can be doing something. You will handle the progress one way. You will say, enough, next generation. What am I saying? This is how we activate. Let's rise to our feet. Just read, read the scripts, few scriptures and then we're out of here. The Lord is good. That man that changed his mind. I'm sure they threatened him. Yes, they scared him. That's, that's, that's why, I mean, you see what I've said, I will never change my mind because I don't support anybody. What I do is quote the scripture. If you like, you're angry with me, log out. I will not come and listen to you again. I say, oh, I will not be able to eat. Oh, sorry, you're not coming again. You know, some people, they do some things that you look at them and say, wait, are you all right? One day, Kenneth Higgins said he was going, he was going, one man stopped him. He said, preacher, can I talk to you? So he stopped. So I just wanted to know that I've been in every meeting you've been in the last few days. I've been here in the morning. I'm here in the evening. I don't, I don't agree with anything you said. <laughs> so look at the man said, that's your problem, not mine. And he kept hungry. <laughs> the man said, oh, that's true. It's my problem. <laughs> yeah. The man admitted it right there. He said, that's your problem, not mine. 
You disagree with me? What do you concern me? The only person that can, would disagree with me now and I'll be feeling bad is my wife. Because to affect so many this man is in the spirit. This man is just in the spirit. It will affect so many things. The Lord is good. But you know one thing I'm happy about? Time has shown it. Many things people have disagreed with me over after 10 years. All the other players now start falling in line. You remember say, Pastor Banky said this 10 years ago. He said it 15 years ago. Pastor Banky said this. I said, I always knew I was right. That's why I didn't want to agree with them. Otherwise, by now, all of us would be wrong. <laughs> the Lord is good. Listen, God needs people who will hold on to his truth. That's what I'm just trying to say. The world is in darkness. Anytime you have light, hold on to it. Don't let anybody steal it away from you through emotions, through anything. Just hold on to the light of God that's with you. The Lord is good. Psalm 91. Let's declare that together and then we'll go home. The protection of the Almighty is upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, have respect for the covenant, O Lord, for the dark places of this earth are filled with the habitations of cruelty. Because of the covenant of God, you are protected in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say you are protected in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's declare the word of the Lord together from Psalm 91. Are you there? One to let's go. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now wait. Can you take a moment and talk to the Lord? Say you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my safety. That's what it means. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. I want you to talk to the Lord. In your own words. Say that thing to him at least five times. My refuge, my fortress. Fortress means the high fence, electrified fence. Fortress, we don't use the word much in modern day, but know what it means. I'm in a compound that's well guarded. That's what it means. Surrounded by electric wires, high fences. In fact, that's why New Living Transition says, he's my refuge, my place of safety. So call him, say, Lord, you are my place of safety. Tell him, you are my God in whom I trust. Say that to him, you are my God in whom I trust. You are my God in whom I trust. You are my God in whom I trust. Say it to him. Now let's continue reading. Read verse 2 again. Now when you get to verse 3, alright, you are going to do something for me. You personalize everything. It's prophesying, but you personalize it. One to let's go again. Verse 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. Three. For it is he who delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his pinions and under his wings I may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Verse five. I will not be afraid of the terror by day, by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. Now please listen to this. I want to declare that again. Say, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Say it again. I will not be afraid. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the terror by night. I will not be afraid of the terror by night. Or the bullets that fly by day. Or the bullets that fly by day. I will not be afraid at home. I will not be afraid at home. Now, can I just say this to you? 
It's not, we are not doing determination. No. I determine not to be afraid. That's not what we are doing. What we are doing, we are prophetically instructing our souls. There's a determination. They say, bros, after now, I will not be afraid again. That is, I'm strong. I've made up my mind. No, 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 no. Before you reach here, what do you call that? A spider will scare you. If you think like that, I hope you're getting my point. What are we doing? We're not making up our minds. We are using the word of God to command calmness into our souls. I hope you're getting my point. He said, my soul, it's possible to talk to your soul. That's what we are doing. Some of you are saying, I will not be afraid. You're not saying, ah, pastor, I made up my mind. From now, I'll not be afraid. No, 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 no. I'm saying from now in the name of Jesus. The power of God is upon me. It will rest upon me. It will remove fear from my life. That's what you are saying. So this is not self-motivation. This is not motivational speaking. This is activating the spiritual. I hope you are getting my point. So let's do it again. Begin to say to yourself, say, I will not be afraid. Say in the name of Jesus. I say to my soul, fear not. Say in the name of Jesus. Soul, you will not be afraid. You will not be afraid. No matter what your eyes see, no matter what your ears hear, in the name of Jesus, you will not be afraid. I say to my soul, fear not. Therefore, I declare, I will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the bullets that fly by day, now come to verse 6, or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. Now let's read verse 7 together. A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not approach me. I will only look with my eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place. No evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my twenty. Declare that to yourself seven times. No evil will befall me. Say it. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Two more times. Or the last time. No evil will befall me. Do you know why? For he will give his angels charge concerning you. Say an amen to that. The angels of God, they will surround you. They will protect you. As you go out, you will be protected. As you return, you will be protected. (laughs) Anyone that wants to kidnap you and make money has just lost his life. The very thoughts of it concerning you is toxic. The angels of God will see the thoughts and they will strike at it. And because that thought is in his heart, it's too bad. Again, I declare concerning you. He will give his angels charge concerning you. And they will guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands. And you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will tread upon the young lion and the serpent. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thus says the Lord concerning you. You know, the blessing of God is not for those he loves. It's for those who love him. Go and read your Bible. The blessing is packaged for those that love him. And I say to you, you know, Jesus said, if a man loves me, what will he do? He will keep my word. So anyone who pays attention to and keeps the word of God is one that loves the Lord. Now listen to this. Thus says the Lord to you. He said, because you have loved me, therefore I will deliver you. I will set you securely on high because you have known my name. And we're talking about his name. (laughs) Because you know that he's a keeper. Because you know that he's a provider. Because you know that he's a governor amongst the nations. 
He said, for that reason, I will set you securely on high. You will call upon me and I will answer you. I will be with you in the time of trouble. No matter what the trouble is, I will be with you. You will walk into the fiery furnace. You will not be burnt. In the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I will rescue you and I will honor you. Now listen to this last one. With long life, he will satisfy you. And he will let you see his salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say after me, my help comes from the Lord. Maker of heaven and earth. You will not allow my foot to sleep. He that watches over me does not slumber. He does not sleep. The keeper of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Say, the Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day. Nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect me from all evil. He will watch over my soul. The Lord will keep my going out. The Lord will keep my coming in. From this time forth and forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want to take a minute and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for making the things of the Spirit real to me. I walk in your presence. I know your name.